coming straight from the cockpit. It's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, back in the can, another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. We're going to make this one a bit more of an informative one. And fuck, it's you again? Yeah, man, you know it. Oh, all right. We're going to call him my co-host at this point because Junior's been on uh, almost as much as I have, I think. Yeah, not quite as much, but I'm getting there. Yeah, getting there, getting there. All right, well, we're going to have a couple. We got a couple other people uh, we got to drag in here, and I'm, I'm going to have to have you tag team and beat the shit out of them with me. Uh, my some, pleasure. Have some fun. So, uh, yeah, we're going to make this one kind of an informative one. I've actually had uh, a few requests from listeners asking for um, a little bit more detail in stuff course-wise and, and uh, uh, really digging into the working uh, side of skydiving. Um specifically people that are looking towards uh, tandem and AFF ratings. Um, as a matter of fact, I think the way the email was was uh, written, it was basically uh, like, I enjoy hearing you guys talking shit and having fun, but I'd like to learn something too. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so I, I figured you were the guy to, uh, to uh, drag in here because you've been doing tandem courses and AFF courses for a long time now. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little while now. So I think I did my first, uh, I think I got my tandem examiner rating... Back in 2005, it's a fucking hard rating to get. Um, it was harder back then than it is now, mm. uh, for sure. Um, now it's a little bit. Everything's kind of changed a little bit in the industry as far as getting uh, the examiner ratings. Um, it was hard back then because in order to be a tandem examiner, you needed to be a rigger as well. Which, oh, you did? Yep. Back back when I got my my tandem examiner, it was a requirement to be a rigger. How did I not know that? Huh. Um, they've done away with that over the over the years and. Um, it's become a little bit more difficult, I guess, to, to get the ratings, not so much from the manufacturer side, but from the, um, from the USPA side, they actually require people that are getting an examiner rating to actually go out and teach not just courses, but teach first jump courses and stuff like that. So it's actually, it's made a, a move for the positive. That's good. That's really good. All right. Well, so you started doing it way back when, but you've got, um, uh, you've nailed down a pretty solid style with both courses. I mean, your tandem courses, you've you've laid out in good detail as well as your AFF courses. So you walk into it knowing exactly how you want these things to run. Uh, so as a as a student, uh, well, actually uh, the whole gambit as a as an active tandem instructor or as a uh, uh, low time jumper that's working his way towards being a, a tandem guy. Uh, he signs up, he or she signs up for one of your courses. What's, what's he in for from the get go? You know, how, how are you running these courses? Um, I mean, everything we do, especially when I'm, when I'm running a course is very, um, by the book, um, it's very regimented and that's the way I was taught by, by the guys that, that taught me how to become an examiner, um, is, is run it the same way every time and give people the, the most knowledge to, to go out and, and to be safe. Sure. I mean, ultimately, <clears throat> with an AFF course, we're teaching people how to teach survival skills. Sure. With a TAM course, we're teaching people how to safely get out of an airplane and get down on the ground with somebody on the front of them who, I hate to say it, but they're along for an amusement park ride more than anything. There's very few, there are very few places that, that teach um, tandems as a method of progression in in the sport it's usually an amusement ride it's that one-time thrill it's the sure. it's the money maker for drop zones sure and it's a money maker for for new um 
new jumpers that are wanting to, to get a rating and get into the the sport a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because I've had I've been to drop zones that have looked at it both ways. Ones where uh, altimeter on the student, you teach them everything they need to know. They're doing handles checks. They're doing you know altimeter checks, and they're pulling. Um, and then you, I've done the ones where it's literally just a, hang on, here we go, let's have some fun. And I found the same amount of retention from both. Like, I, I don't think uh, uh, strapping the altimeter onto a student on that first jump is a good or bad thing. I don't think, I think if you're going to get hooked on skydiving, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, being taught a little extra on that first one, but that's just my experience. Uh, I've seen people that just go for the joyride that are just as amped to go learn how to skydive as they were, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it both ways. Um, I think that there, there are a few places out there. I know uh, Skydive Space Line is one of them where every single jump's a student jump. Mm. Um, I've also done quite a few of um, Category A-style AFF jumps that we wind up converting over a tandem because of winds or sure. or weather or stuff like that. And um, I see to that those tandems get a little those tandem students get a little bit more out of it because they've already gone through a first jump course sure but those are people that came in you know planning on that first jump course so for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely so y- you sit down for one of your tandem instruction courses like i, I want to learn how to be a tandem instructor how does it start out uh it starts out with getting a coach rating okay so what's what's involved in the coach rating nowadays um nowadays it is um teaching group free falls jumps right so AFF co- covers what we consider the the survival skills, you know, how to deploy a parachute, how to fly belly to earth mm-hmm. um, in a in a stable position, how to turn in both directions, how to get unstable, get stable again, and how to safely navigate a parachute down to the ground. Once they finish that, then they move on to um, the coaching portion, which is the the group free fall jumps. Okay. How can I go from jumping by myself? being safe to going out and making jumps with my friends. All right. So you get that coach rating. So that, so you work for the coach rating. So that it's teaching those 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 uh, skills how to jump with other people. Sure. And now, in order to get that, it's 100 jumps. I was going to I was just about to ask yep. what are the jump requirements? Yep. Uh, minimum of 100 jumps um and they need to assist in teaching a first jump course. Okay. So right. they, they sit back through uh, an AFF first jump course, a static line first jump course, an IED first jump course, um, and they they assist the instructor with, with teaching that, okay. that section so they can kind of get used to kind of what's going on. The basics of the instruction. Yep. They need to read through the SIM and the IRM. They need to uh, take the the coach uh, test that's in that's in the IRM, and um, that's those are the, the prerequisites for it. When okay. You're, when you're coming out. All right. So you get yourself through this coach course, um, and uh, um, you what what are the requirements for tandem instructor now? Tandem instructor now is um, having a different instructional method. So either coach, um, coach AFF, uh, coach static line. Back in the day, they used to use a jump master rating was was qualified, but that's been long long right. gone. Right. Um, a minimum of uh, three years in the sport. Okay. Um, Five hundred jumps. They need to take and uh, take the the tests for both the manufacturer's rating and for uh, USPA. So they'll take the general instructor and the tandem instructor course uh, test. It's in the uh, in the IRM as well, and um, they need to pass a FAA class three medical or yep. foreign equivalent, depending yep. upon where where they are. 
You think uh, 500 jumps is enough? No. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. But it's, there's exceptions to that rule. There are exceptions to the rule, and and that rule came to be from <clears throat> back in the day when it took you a long time to get 500 jumps. Sure. Right. Um, I think that that the skill level of of jumpers nowadays is is better than what it was when we started. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think students come through and with having the tunnels and stuff like that, they the the skill level seems to be a little bit higher with certain things, but they're not exposed to what we were exposed to. Sure. I was, the in the, carnage. I was in the sport. I was in the sport for for two months, and I saw my first fatality. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. It's it. it uh, everything's on fast forward. For Skydiving's sure. gotten gotten safer. But it's also a little bit of a detriment in a way. Yeah, well, yeah. To to keeping people, I don't know, like the the reality of what can happen if you if you fuck up. Sure. Well, and hence the 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 three years in the sport thing. Uh, I see a lot of people pushing for stuff like that earlier. Um, just like canopy progression. If somebody's got it in their mind, they want to be an instructor. They want it all on fast forward. Uh, so going out and just doing the weekend jumps or this or that. And I mean, and now there's, uh, there's quite stringent requirements for flying camera as well. Yeah. Yep. So with those restrictions, the route that people like I took, which was to start shooting video and an obscenely low jump number, you can't do that anymore. So it's a, I got to go to the drop zone and pay for these jumps and go out and do all these things. And <clears throat> in a lot of ways, that's very, very good, but it also means the process is a lot slower. Um, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's slower, but uh, I mean, people, people push and they try to, they try to sneak in underneath, under the radar. They try to put mm-hmm. the camera on their head early and they try to, you know, um, do whatever they've got to do. I've got, I get the question all the time. Well, my, my three years isn't up for, for January until January, but it's 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 August now. It's only you know a few months away. Can I can I do it? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. no the, these rules are there for a reason. Yeah. What part of this time frame did you not get? <laughs> and it's and it's it's time around the drop zone. Like learn, watch. Yeah, for sure. Do the prerequisites. Don't show up to the to one of these courses with your with your proficiency card halfway filled out. Uh, I'm sure you, know, you see or, that or quite a lot. Prerequisite stuff. Nothing has been done on it, and it's like these are prerequisites. Yeah. yeah Take you, the time. Do this at your drop zone before you try to come out and get the rating. All right. All right. So um, Joe or Jane Blow shows up and they've got all the prerequisites. Everything's done. That card's filled out. They're good to go on the course. Uh, Day one, do you do uh, integrated classroom and jumping or is it all classroom and then jumping? Um, It depends on the course. So AFF, I do integrated classroom and jumping. Okay. Um, We teach a little something and we go up and we jump. If they're doing the, if they're doing my pre-course and we've talked, we've talked pre-course. on this, on this, on this, uh, this podcast before about yeah. the pre- people, uh, I think it was you and Billy Rhodes. And Billy Rhodes. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't see, I didn't see you at my pre-course. Rest in peace. But that motherfucker, he raked me over the coals. And this is back when they were doing the hardcore mental, like hardcore mental games with the AFF as well. So do you fuck with your students that bad? No, I I do it in a different way. Like, and I tell and I tell everybody that comes out to my course, um, and we're bouncing back and forth between courses. But um, I tell people that come out to an AFF course that an AFF course is a lot like a roller coaster ride. Mm. Right, you've got your ups and your downs. You may go out and you may do a couple of really amazing jumps, and you're on that high, and you're riding that roller coaster up, and then you have a brain lock. You do something, and all of a sudden you've got a, a terrible jump or two. Sure. And I and I do my my courses a little bit different. I because of of the way I run them, I do it with an integrated pre-course and course. So my, my courses are usually about six days long Okay. for my AFF, and that's a pre-course and, and the course itself. So we start the pre-course 
we do what we need to do for the category C jumps, the category D jumps. Um, and then I literally just, I will hand them their, their ass to a certain point sure, to get them prepared and sure. their eval jumps will never be as hard as the few jumps, the few yeah. practice jumps leading up to it. Well, it's like training for a check ride flying. The, the training should be harder than the check ride right. uh, to throw everything at you. Now with speaking of Billy Rhodes, when I did his course, there was never downtime from the mental game. Like it was from the moment that I shook his hand, hello, it was on and he was fucking with me and it was high stress all the time. And there wasn't an off switch until we hit that point in the course where, okay, now I don't have to pretend to stroll off into props. And now I don't have to, you know, wander around and do all this stupid shit with my rig that ended and it only became about the jumps. But before that... Even if you bumped into him at the bar, God forbid you were at the bar during his course, uh, <laughs> right? Um, he'd fuck with you, you know? Um, so you do that kind of stuff or you don't? No, 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 no. That's it's, good. There's, that's there's, not, a, that's there's a time to, to mess around. There's a time not to. And, and I I know the way <clears throat> the originals, you know, and that's what I like to call them, the, the OGs. OGs, yeah. And I mean, I've been doing it a while. I mean, there's a few of us that have been out there for, for a long time doing this myself, DJ Marvin, Obviously, Jay Stokes and those guys, Jay's, Jay and, and Billy and Kip and all those guys were the, were the originals. Sure. And they did things a little bit different. Um, I think we've adapted. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned time. Jay Stokes because uh, um, that in conversations later on with uh, Billy, he quoted uh, and other people have quoted uh, the rise of Jay Stokes and a bunch of other uh, examiners as why Billy got so hardcore uh, because he was a little pissed off there were so many examiners out there because back in the day it was just him and one or two other guys uh, that could do this. Uh, and again, this is all secondhand, but uh, it was that generation of, of uh, examiners that he was like, all right, well then fuck this my course is going to be the most intense hardcore and of course that's the one i ended up in <laughs> i mean my course is my course is tough and anybody that that's that's told you they've they've passed my courses they've they've gotten their butts handed to them quite mm. a bit sure um and that's one of the things that I, that i kind of pride myself on is that i don't i don't do an easy course um if you pass my course you've earned the rating you, so you've gotten your ass kicked. You've you've shown me everything you need to show me that you can go and save a student's life. So we start out. We started out on AFF. So let's continue with that. So I come out and I'm going to do the AFF course, which in my opinion is the hardest course in skydiving, without a doubt. Yeah, um, worst experience of my life. <laughs> um, it, it really was the hardest thing I've ever done in skydiving for sure. Um, but uh, I sit down in your course. Are you laying out exactly what's expected, and and how is day one? I mean, um, day one is is pretty um, pretty no the usual. Um, it's it's orientation. It's getting if I don't know the people, if they're traveling from somewhere to to take my course. Um, it's the introductions to the course. It's it's laying out the foundation of the course. What's going to happen over the next week? Um, how we're going to start? How we're going to end? start through everything, um, talking about the basics of it. And then we start on, you pretty go. much on, we go, we, we, like my first day I've already got four jumps lined up wow. usually, um, practice jumps. Uh, cause like I said, I, I integrate my, my pre-course with my course. So I try to get four jumps in if weather's permitting and it's just some basic flying to see how these people fly. Sure. Because a lot of people show up thinking that it's going to be an easy course right. to go through. Cause like, Oh, well I'm a coach. Right. I do great with these coaching jumps, but they've never tried to fly a side body on somebody without touching them while giving hand signals and moving around the sky. Right, right. 
Yeah, you know, well, so uh, you get a, a, a student, or a, I should say an instructor candidate in your course. Um, and again, I'll keep referring back to my course. Um, Billy hated the fact that I showed up for my course to jump in a, a free fly suit. And it wasn't a particularly baggy free fly suit. It was just a free fly suit. There was no grippers. It wasn't a standard belly suit, which is what he always thought you should be in to do AFF. Uh, and I finally had to tell him, look, I get that that's the suit you want me in, but this is the suit I fly well in. Uh, and he finally cut me some slack. Uh, do you have restrictions like that? Um, no, the only thing, the, the only restrictions I really have is um, dress for success. Yeah. So those are kind of my rules, dress for success. You know what, you're, what you can fly in better than what I know you can fly in. Yeah. Um, so I pretty much look at them. I tell them how, how heavy I am. I, put, I give them a couple of suits that they can choose from to put me in. Nice. If they want me in something that's that's a little bit baggier because they're worried I'm going to go too fast, that's fine. If they're worried I'm going to go too slow and they want me in something tighter, then I allow them to do that. The only thing I don't allow, and it's, and it's kind of difficult in this day and age, is I don't want um, – once I start doing spin uh, stop spins and rollovers and stuff like that, I don't want cameras on their head. Yeah, fair enough. Right? I don't want to get jabbed with a, with a camera. I, I, admit, I do recommend – highly recommend full-face helmets. Yeah. Um, I've done that from the beginning and that was something that was recommended to me when I took my course with Kip Lowmiller back in the day. Okay. Um, was wear a full face because once legs start moving around, you're starting to come in and trying to get a student stopped and you have even real students. Like when I jump with real students, I wear a full face. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I had a, a candidate of mine who was a really good friend and I was doing just a standard stop spin. It was the first day we were doing stop spins and I was spinning pretty gently gets one i start picking up the speed a little bit on the next one and all of a sudden the, the candidate's not there i felt like a hit on my leg and what had happened was she came in to do a, a stop spin and actually took my my thigh or my knee to her to her cheek and actually broke her cheekbone oh jesus so she landed okay but she had she had cracked her her orbital oh damn that's pretty hardcore because you're fucking brutal <laughs> it wasn't me though like i was just i was just spinning and we get down, and, and she had a, a little bit of tears in her eyes, and I'm like, you all right? She's like, uh, this hurts. I guess I should have listened to you and wore a full face. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah for sure. Yeah, you should, but it besides was... that, there's no restrictions. Wear an altimeter. If you really want to make sure you're paying attention, wear an altimeter on both wrists. <clears throat> right. Right? Wear a full face helmet. Make sure you've got an AD on. If you don't have an AD on, you're not going through my course. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've transitioned to a time where most drop zones worldwide require them anyway. Not all, right. but most, at least a lot of the big ones. Anywhere I think you're going to go for an AFF course, the drop zone's probably going to require an AED for sure. Cool. Cool. All right. So you, you started out in day one, pretty much right on it. Um, through what level of the course are they now having to teach their mock ground school that's the part that i hated the most we go through some of that stuff but we, we we play winds and and weather a little bit as well like whenever i'm running a course if the weather's good i want to be jumping with them i want them to get that in-air practical sure um you know the the spin stops or rollovers the top end and bottom end sequences for a category c and a category d and along the way whenever we have a little bit of weather or some downtime or if the drop zone isn't as busy and We'll sit down and we'll we'll go through the ground preps and I'll show them a ground prep. Cool. So they understand what to what to get and I'm I'm nice. I give them some outlines, and I and I give nice. them the, I give them the uh, the old speech and and I know uh, Brom does this, uh, Mike Watkins does this, DJ does this. We give them kind of an outline. We're like, hey, listen, <laughs> this use works. This, use this outline to teach. If you follow this outline and you teach everything and it's in it, 
and you follow all the the things that you've been taught in your coach course, right? Following the primacy recency, doing the whole part, whole teaching, and you do the right amount of repetitions, you're not going to fail your ground prep. Mm. And I swear you'll be surprised how many people think they know better. Nah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and they go through and they they either formate their own their own outline, which if they do it and you do it properly, awesome. Sure. Or they use the outline and they just don't pay attention to it at all and they start going off topic and right. they fail ground preps because they either didn't rehearse it, they didn't go over the material, or they think they just know better than right. than what we do. And it's what, which is clearly oops. a sky everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's astounding that uh, they think that the person that's grading them on what's happening is going to be impressed if they don't do what they've told them will help them pass. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard because it's it's a little bit of acting as well, which is kind of difficult, right? Cause yeah, a lot of people get real. That's the part that I didn't like is I just felt stupid having to act out shit that was clearly, you know, I mean, just can I just tell you what I would be doing? <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's 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 teaching somebody who has, you know, a lot more experience than you do in tra- and acting as if they're a student. Yeah. yeah or yeah. teaching your your uh, your fellow candidates who you know know the information and, it, and it's difficult because that's that's where the acting comes in. Yeah, of course. Of course. Although that that uh, pays off in dividends doing actual courses later because uh, you have to act like you're interested in the asshole that's not paying attention to the actual AFF course. And we've all had students like that. Yeah. Biggest thing, though, take it serious. Yeah. If you're coming out and you're going to pay this money for it, take it serious. And I guarantee you'll do good. So now you say you play the winds and weather game. Um, if you're doing a traveling course and you've got access to a tunnel, do you put that to use? Absolutely. Nice. So Absolutely. now that wouldn't obviously wouldn't be the actual uh, jumps, but you would go out and do practice, yeah? I'll do practice in that. So I'll do um, a little bit of top end, bottom end stuff, but I take advantage of that and I use it if it's a big enough tunnel um, for rollovers and for spin stops. I have a, a harness, uh, an old tandem harness that cut up and redesigned and put handles on it. And nice. um, I use it for, so they're able to do rollovers Fuck correctly. That. That would have been fun. And they can actually see if they're trying to do a roller and they're they're reaching for the wrong spot, they can actually see the bright red handles that they're grabbing a hold of. Oh, that's cool. Because I'd much rather them get that practice in the tunnel without the stress of the jump first oh, yeah. and get the proper techniques down and then take it to the air and not pull my handles. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was uh, that was the, the big thing. Please don't actually pull my handle. <laughs> for sure. Now um, – in the AFF course, what, in your opinion, is the most challenging aspect of the whole course? The mental game. It's not the flying. I mean, sometimes it is, but right. the, the, the majority of it is the mental game. It's it's a stress of having to be there for the bottom end sequence, and we call it like the, the seven or eight second dance, depending mm. on who you talk to, and um, trying to trying to be there and, and take advantage of the free points you get, and that's what I like to tell people. Like the top end sequence, if you can fly and exit, and you can make sure that everything is done correctly in the top and you release when you're supposed to release, those are free points. Mm. If you're flying around, you recognize what's going on, you're giving me corrective hand signals in free fall, you're giving me altitude reminders, those are free points. If you're there at the bottom end, and most of us are, are going to be a good um, student at the bottom end because we want to see that you can do your job. Sure. Um, if you're there and you're doing what you need to do, those are free points. Mm. So it's... So you try a, not to you try not to throw people too many curveballs. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw people a huge amount of curveballs. I'm gonna I'm never gonna give people more than what I've seen on actual students. 
and guys out and girls out there, we've seen a lot <laughs> with, with real students. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, you had said throwing them curveballs. When I did my course, um, it wasn't my jump. It was one of the other guys jumps. And, uh, um, one of the, um, evaluators basically did this. Uh, I, I don't know. He ended up in a head down position for a brief amount of time. Did like a tunnel layout. <laughs> yeah. It is something he did, um, that, uh, to be out of control uh, during that portion of the skydive. And the uh, candidate tried to uh, dispute the jump because he said, there's no way that a, a student would ever do something like that. That's a total skydiver move. Only a skydiver could do that. And Billy Rhodes happened to be in the room at the time, and he just started laughing. He's like, you will never believe the shit you will see students do. <laughs> you will never. So do you have things that you think are just too far you know, things that you won't do, maneuvers that you won't do, ways to fuck students up. Yeah, I mean, I try to keep everything real as far as um, the movements. Um, when I came through if, and, and jumping with Kip and, you know, we used to joke around that Kip was a keeper of the ratings, right? <laughs> um, but if you touched his ankle or if you touched his wrist, he was going over on his back, <laughs> right? And I and I understand that if it's, if it's a, a, a stop spin and a student spinning, if there's times that you get touched, you know, on the ankle and it's hard enough that it's going to put you over. There's sure. times that it hits you and okay, it's, it, uh, you felt it, but it's, there's not enough pressure on it to actually put right. you over. I try to, when I'm spinning to just be kind of loose with my body. And if it takes me over, it takes me over. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then when I come down, I, I scold him. I smack him on the wrist and say, Hey, that was potentially bad. Right. Right. Don't do that again. You know, try this instead or, or try that instead. And, but I'm not going to go over the top. I'm not going to do back layouts to to get away from the student or go to a head down position to to create major separation. I mean, keep it real. Sure, sure. Now, when you're talking about keeping it real, so you're you're instructing these students. Um, do you ever sit down like Billy Rhodes? Uh, when I graduated the course, uh, sat me down and and showed me this horrendous video of an instructor. Funny enough, the same instructor that gave me my tandem rating. Um, at the bottom of an AFF uh, bird caged in the students' lines. Um, I ended up actually, and it was obviously a small world, but I ended up buying the rig that he was wearing on that jump, and it still had line burns <laughs> from from ending up in the lines. And uh, so he shows me, and he pauses the video uh, with my friend and and, uh, and and mentor, you know, trapped in the in the middle of the students' lines, and pauses it and goes, "You sure you want to do this shit?" <laughs> I mean, we do. I, I show. I've got videos that I show for both the AFF course and the tandem course. And the mm -hmm. AFF course, it's you know, we used to joke around and put it as students at play, but it's more like instructors gone bad, right? Um, and I mean, it's it's errors. And and I'd love to say that everybody, every AFF instructor out there has been a perfect AFF instructor from the time they got their rating. But no, of course not. We haven't. We've yeah. all we've all made a little mistake here, made a little mistake there, and we learned from them. Oh yeah. And those of us that are that are able to you know, as examiners that are able to get our hands on those videos, it helps us teach because sure. people learn from from seeing other people's mistakes. And well, skydiving is one of the few places where they actually do uh, because they can see how bad it is. The the videos that go around the Friday freakout that Zedge does um, are really informative for two reasons. One, they grab your attention and then they make you think, oh, fuck, what happened here? How did this happen? What would I have done? And so you're just watching some freaky video, but you don't realize you're also learning a whole lot at the same time. Yeah. I tell all candidates, get ready for every single jump as if it's going to be the worst jump you've ever been on. <laughs> and when it's not, 
be happy. Yeah. 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 No <laughs> shit. Right. All right. So, um, you, you've got somebody that's, um, like when you're teaching your course, you've got the, the course requirements, but then you've got the real world stuff as well. So, um, what are you teaching a, a student uh, in regard to the you know the bottom half of an AFF just going to shit real bad in the real world? What are there? What are you giving out for a hard deck? What's the last ditch effort to try and deal with this student? What's that speech about? Because you know it's the same as the the tandem speeches. What do you do when it's all gone wrong? I tell everybody. Obviously, we have our we have our hard decks for what what the students allowed to deploy at and sure. what we what we're supposed to have it out. And then if it's gone to complete shit. And you're chasing after a student. I can't tell somebody what what their hard deck is because their hard deck may be different than mine. Everybody's going to have their own hard deck as to where they're going to chase down a student from. Right. Student to. Um, I tell people that obviously um, what their their license their their minimum deployment altitude is for their license. Right. And we go from there. But I have a I have a real real frank and candid conversation with them because i've i show on the video um my vi the videos that i have I actually have two videos that i show that are from my own personal history and that's one where um my partner and i it was my job to get off i was outside instructor went a little bit bad i get off my fellow uh aff instructor couldn't hold on and got off and i'm chasing the student down hmm. and i'm he's on his back spinning we're giving him the pull sign and it's a big boy. He was probably about, I don't know, I'd say 225, 235 pounds. So he's moving. So a little over 100 kg yeah. for, for uh, people that are know it that way. And he was moving, and I was able to get to him, and I essentially tackled him <laughs> enough to get a pilot shoot out. And you can see as soon as I throw the pilot shoot and I get clear from him, you look over a mile, 10 minutes, 3.5. Yeah, yeah. That's down there. So it's... It happens, it yeah. happens. But it's you got to have your your own idea of what where you're comfortable going. Uh, my my other AFF instructor on that one wasn't as comfortable, you know, tackling somebody down there. And, I, <laughs> right. and on that particular jump, I don't think he could get to it because he he didn't quite have the uh, the free fly skills that, that I had because I I was fully almost on my head to get to him. Sure, I had one that was similar to that, uh, and it was uh, hail mary. Uh, basically diving past, please get the pilot shoot as I'm, you know, almost out of control just to catch the guy uh, and manage to snatch the pilot shoot and deploy him. And then pit. I don't even know how high I was when I pitched, but I've been on the ground watching uh, a mutual friend of ours, as a matter of fact, uh, chase somebody down to what almost appeared to be fucking treetop level. Crazy stuff, um, you know, where you're like, all right. I'm not sure if anybody's left from this jump. And, of course, everybody was okay. But holy yeah. shit. Freaky stuff. I mean, ultimately, the students are taught that if they don't see either one of their instructors, they're supposed to pull. Yep. Right? If they the ground starts coming up at them, they're supposed to pull. If they see their deployment altitude, which most beginning AFFs, we, we raise the altitude to, if they're jumping out of turbine aircraft, to, to 5,500 feet mm. or 5,000 feet. So depending upon where you're, where you're jumping, we... Where I, wherever I use, I use 6,000 lock-on, 5.5 five wave and pull. Mm -hmm. And they're taught no matter what altitude or what position they're in, when they see that altimeter get to 5.5, five, regardless of um, altitude, they're, they're pulling. Pull. What, so, are the, what are the pull priorities? Pull. Pull in place. Yeah. Or uh, pull. <laughs> <laughs> pull in place. <laughs> pull. Pull the correct altitude. Pull the correct altitude while stable. Yeah. But most importantly, it's pull. Fucking pull. Yeah. 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 If, you, if you pull, you can try and fix all the other problems. Exactly. For sure. 
Yeah, the AFK F course, man, I'll tell you what, it's it's a it's a fucking intense one and it's extremely intense once you get out in the real world. Uh, and I would have when I was first getting started, thought it was going to be the other way around. I would have thought that the tandems were going to be dramatically more mentally taxing and harder. And, and I got out in the real world and discovered it was very much the opposite. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, a tandem, you're, you're meeting the student, you're talking to him for sure. 10 minutes or so giving them a full briefing of what's going to happen on the jump and you go going to jump. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I thought that my personal stress level would be higher on a tandem than it would have been on an AFF. And it turns out that, no, you actually get freak out worried over your student's well-being, whereas the tandem student, you're a little bit worried to make sure that they have a good time and all this and that, but you know, it's going to work out for the most part, so... So now speaking of your tandem courses, uh, tandem courses obviously have the luxury of being a little bit more lighthearted. Let me say one more thing about the AFF please, course. Please, please, please. Um, anybody who's looking to come out and get your AFF rating, uh, whether it's me, whether one of the other uh, amazing examiners that are out there, don't just show up thinking that you can, you know, kind of fake your way through it. Practice. Get with um, some of the more experienced instructors at the drop zone. Have them teach you a couple of things, not necessarily um, teach you about what's going to happen in the course, but watch, shadow them, shadow right. them on the ground, watch them if, they, if they've if they got video to debrief, watch the debriefs, listen to how they debrief, um, watch how they how they correct um, things that were done incorrectly on the on the skydive and and take away from, from that experience a little something and bring that with you to your course. And maybe go fly on your belly. Yeah, definitely go fly on your belly. If you think that by tracking and, and doing free flying all the time, you're going to be able to do an AFF course, you're not. I was going to say, do you uh, do you find that you get a lot of people that are very competent, very good skydivers, but they come out having spent all their time head up or head down and only only see their belly to deploy? I see it more for the coach course, and they get a, a bit of a rude awakening in the coach course because we're flying, and the coach course, they, they all they need to do is be the base. Right. You know, to, to pass a coach course, can you effectively teach somebody these things in the ground? Can you go up? Can you lead the skydive and be the base? Can you correct what they're doing with either with hand signals or, or you know, a, a, when they get on the ground, obviously? Sure. And um, can you go, do a good debrief afterwards and, and show them what they need to correct for the next one? Right. But it's basic. It's just being a base. All it's, right. it's flying, you know. Within ten feet from a from from the from the student, you know, or the or the right. mock student, and the, these guys can't do it, or these girls can't do it. They they go out and they're they're backsliding or they're, they're doing less. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I'm like, you need to be proficient with your own skydiving yeah. before you come out and try to it's teach somebody else something. The most basic skill. The most basic skill. Moving forward to dock and the most basic skill, flying neutral body position, and their feet are on their butt and they're backsliding across the sky, and I'm sitting there. Just watching them go away, and I'm, I wave at them sometimes, <laughs> like bye. Like, see, oh, I just... And then they, the debrief. It's oh, oh, you were doing this and you were doing that. Oh, was I? Why don't we take a look at that video and yeah. see what was going? Oh, yeah, no, oh, I, my feet were on my butt. Oh. <laughs> see, I think that's fucking funny as hell. It is. It, it's yeah. it's comical, but be proficient. Yeah. Practice. Yeah, fair enough. No, absolutely. Be prepared for the course and take it seriously. Yeah, uh, before I mean, you come out for the course, go do some belly jumps. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was lucky, uh, lucky or unlucky. I, I took my uh, my AFF course extremely seriously because the job that I had been offered hinged on getting that rating. So I had sold the house, packed everything in a fucking pickup truck, drove from uh, Nevada into Arizona to do my course at Eloy. 
uh, and then had a job at Cross Keys all the way in New Jersey, and I didn't have that job if I didn't get that rating. So I was homeless in a truck otherwise, so I was highly motivated to take it very seriously. It also meant that I ended up in that shitty hotel or motel like three miles off of Skydive, Arizona, balled up in tears every night because Billy wouldn't stop <laughs> fucking with me. <laughs> Um, that's the one that, that's the one other thing I'll say about, uh, AFF. I, I tell everybody that goes to the course at one point you're going to yell or you're going to cry. Yeah. Probably at and the maybe, same time. Maybe at the same time. And, and, uh, I've seen it from, from everybody, from some of the people that, that you and I know that, you know, um, that are probably the most easy, chill, go lucky, <laughs> you know, easy going people that you've ever met, you know, uh, Rob Jones. Yeah. Rob Jones, amazing flyer, um, great tunnel flyer, great skydiver. He was going through the course, and he was coming through the course as a tunnel ninja. Right. And had all the skills to, to, to do everything he needed to do. He was there for all the skydive stuff. And, and I watched him, him scream and yell at, 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 his, uh, <laughs> at his partner on one of the jumps just because the, the stress level started getting so high because you're paying a lot of money. You're, sure. you're coming out. You're doing this stuff. And it gets stressful. So like, like I tell everybody, you know, just relax. Most of it's a mental game. Yep. If you have the if you have the skills to, to pass the course, you have the skills to pass the course. The rest of it's all mental. For sure. Well, and the fucked up thing about the the mental side of that course is you know going in that it's there and you think you're prepared for it, and then the next thing you know, your head's coming off and you're on fire. Is it's just yeah, it's it's a ridiculous course. It is. It's it simulates that stress level in a huge way, in a huge way. Yeah. Now again, uh, um, as all, it should. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, you you don't want someone to breeze through an AFF course. Uh, and again, that was one of the reasons that uh, back in the day, Billy Rhodes was overcompensating with the difficulty of his course because he felt that ratings were being given away. I feel the same way a lot yeah. of a lot of times when I've when I've seen some AFF instructors, but I've also seen a couple of AFF instructors that have come through my course, and you know they have the the performance for the course, and then they get out of the course and they get lazy. Sure. And they get lax, and I and I've had a couple of people, hey, so and so, this person went through your course and they're fucking up. It's like, well, what are they doing? Yeah. Is it something that you can mentor them on or is it something that's that's safety related? Right. Now if it's something that's safety related, that's a different story. I'll get back in touch with that person and, and, sure. and have a little heart to heart. But if it's something that's that's just can be mentored a little bit with a with a good Right. With, yeah, the, yeah, with yeah. a good AFF instructor, then that's something that, that can help because people do. They they do the course and they get lazy afterwards, like, oh, whew, yeah, I got I'm the through. course, I don't gotta worry I'm about through. this anymore. I can I can relax a little bit now and with AFF, you don't relax. Sure. Well, I, I was, uh, again, lucky or unlucky that uh, once I got the rating, I didn't do enough AFF to ever get comfortable. Um, I always, and if I did start getting comfortable, I'd get one of those students. Um, and, you know, I'm short and heavy, so I fall like a brick. And then here comes this tall, lanky student that I know is going to take me for a fucking ride. And so every time I'd start to get a little bit comfortable or a little bit overconfident, I'd, I'd get a reality check. Yeah. <laughs> you go, oh, okay. Yeah, when you're trying to look over your shoulder at your student a thousand feet above you, giving the pull signal because he's spinning and floating away. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this doesn't always go as planned. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, so uh, onto the tandem course. Yep. You do the tandem course, and now obviously your students probably, hopefully, not spinning and floating away from you because you've done everything right. Uh, yeah. I I've seen a trend, and I'm sure you see it much more than than me. People want to go out and get their tandem rating not because they have any desire to do it on a regular basis. They don't have any desire to go out and be the tandem instructor. They want to take the hot chick or the the family member or the friends. <laughs> so it's a very much a, a weekend warrior mentality on a course that they think is going to be 
again, relatively easy. I'm sure you see that a lot. I see a lot of people that come out for the tandem rating. When I ask them why they want the tandem rating, they can't really give me a good answer. Right. Um, and that's one of the first things I do when during my introduction is, you know, what's your name? What are you doing out here? Where's your home drop zone? How many jumps do you have? Why do you want to be a tandem instructor? Mm. Or why do you want to be a coach? Or why do you right. want to be an AFF? And just so, you know, I can learn a little bit more about them and see what their motivations are. And that's what, what we teach in the coach courses, learn about your students' motivations sure. and why they're out there. And sometimes it's like, oh, so I could take, you know, I want to take my family members. It's right. one that I get a lot. A lot, yeah. Other people, you know, I, this is what I want to do. I love skydiving. I want to try to make it a career. Happy on it. Awesome. Good for you. And let's let's make this make let's make this happen for you. But sure. My answer was simple. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking don't want to be a tandem instructor. I have no desire. I started jumping and you'll know all this equipment quite well on the old vector system. That's where I started on. Yeah. So uh uh three twenty or was it three sixties, four twenty ones and five hundreds were the F one eleven tandem yep, canopies. Four twenty ones. Uh you hung off your ass on those old rigs, so you never saw your camera flyer for anything, you know, above the knees, because uh, you couldn't look up that hard or that far. And every opening was a train wreck. Pretty we had, had 421s and we had a couple of easy 384s and everybody wanted the easy 384s. Of course. Cause... Of course. Oh, my God. I, well, and I had the detriment of having been a camera flyer for tandems for quite some time. So I had seen heart opening after heart to the point where you could barely keep them in frame because they were snapping out of frame so quickly with these ridiculous openings. Hard landings from shitty flares and all this stuff. So my motivation to be a tandem instructor was very low. You know, and it was a hard course. And this was the 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 tandem um, uh, malfunction tree that had a branch that just ended. Like, <laughs> there's no way to fight. You remember that? I can't. Re- I don't remember the the sequence or what it was, but there was a malfunction that just yeah. If you get this, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 changed. I mean, okay. um, with the advent of the Sigma system, it it has become such a different. Um, type of jumping oh yeah it's it's become so much safer oh bill said the same thing he's like you know the the sigma was the game changer when it came to tandems yeah which i don't think anybody disagrees no it's amazing i mean it it did away with possibilities for a lot of malfunctions um it was it's more comfortable feels like a sport rig an oversized sport rig if you if you if you learn how to tighten it properly right right and i mean it's the the harness has changed and the harness has gotten gotten better even though the new harness was still <laughs> sure. the harness that, that it took, you know, that people fell out of yeah. once, but um, oops, they they fixed that as well and, and made it to where that can't happen. Right. Well, you'd have to work pretty fucking hard for it to happen. I mean, there were how many, how many hundred thousand jumps? Oh, yeah. Cam's done with the old system. Oh, with, millions. Millions. With, with, uh, with no issues. And then it just takes one bad jump to, to for something bad to happen and there was a sequence of what three not to get off on this tangent too far but there were a sequence of three jumps the paraplegic guy yep uh the pear-shaped lady in ohio yep um and then the almost and this was much later and actually on the sigma and yep. that was the old lady in lodi yep uh the video that shocked the fucking skydiving world the video that should have been swallowed oh yeah that oh my god to this day but i I think about that video and thought i was watching a fatality but it did it as much as i wish that that videographer would have (laughs) just eaten that that sd card um i think it did a lot of good for the for the sport as well it it kind of put us on notice with the faa 
Oh um, yeah. I mean, if it was kind of like, listen, you guys lose another student out of a harness, and we're gonna probably shut you guys down from doing tandem operations. Oh yeah. Um, but it it opened up a lot of eyes, and it it. <laughs> It changed and revolutionized the the sport yet again. I mean, it, it takes something something serious for for things to change sometimes. And sure, um, as much as most tandem instructors, at least the, the us older school guys, hate the Y mod, um, it's it's helped with paraplegics and and, sure. and and the elderly and and people that just don't have the necessarily the strength to. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so back to back to where we were at the start. So. Uh, You've got a qualified candidate, and we've already established what the qualification. Are they the same for tandems? Um, for for tandems, it's well, we talked about the tandems already. Yeah, yeah. Three so years in the sport, five hundred five hundred skydives, which uh, instructional we, rating, which we both uh, medical five hundred is not enough, and, and eighteen years of age. <laughs> oh God, the fact that that even has to be said, because I try and imagine myself as a tandem instructor at eighteen years old. <laughs> oh no fucking! And I was way. A, I was a tandem instructor at twenty one. Yeah, no, I wasn't even a skydiver. And, I, and it was, it was, uh, I don't know, it was, it was interesting for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and I've worked with young, younger tandem instructors, and I watch the uh, the student reactions, uh, especially when it's you know, middle aged guy, you know, walks out, and some eighteen year old kid or nineteen year old kid comes and introduces himself as a tandem instructor, and you can just see him looking at him, going, "Are you fucking kidding me? I've got zits older than you." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to trust my life to you. Holy shit. But all right. So they're qualified. They get into the course. How does your, uh, how long is your course? How does it start out? Um, well, by law, I joke around by law, um, by USPA's guidelines, um, the courses should be uh, three days. That's okay. what they recommend. Um, my tandem courses, I usually run are four. Um, my first day is um, ground teaching. Okay. So I'm introducing them to myself. I'm introducing them to the gear, to the, to the method. Um, sure. Talk a little bit about obviously the, the the qualifications and and what we need to do to keep our ratings current, and then immediately, um, getting in into the gear and getting them hands on. Cool. So I'm showing them the gear, showing them what to look for, showing them, um gear checks um each of the different components we open a we open a tandem system up show them all of the um the, compo- the components and how they work right um i ask them if they've seen a skyhook before and for anybody that hasn't seen a skyhook i get them into a into the loft and we pop a skyhook open so they can actually see the way a skyhook works oh nice because skyhooks are are used on on uh, on all of the the tandem systems for for uh, upt sure um so i get them hands-on and get them get them doing that and then I explain how the, how the system works. I explain about the harness and how the harness works and how they should be fitting it. And we go through all that stuff, talk to them. I end the day usually talking to them about the emergency procedures Okay. Um, on day one. So I get them going through, talking about all the emergency procedures. I give them, make sure they have um, all the information to, to study up. And then when they show up the next morning, we go right in for day two and we start with, they're doing gear checks. They're, Harnessing student, they're each other up. They're cool. They're going through emergency procedure review, and they're they're gonna do this sure. most of the day. Now, what's the what's the first jump like in the modern course? Uh, first jump is a solo. Okay, so you guys require the solo. Are yeah. you still? I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. You require the solo. How about the droglist? Still, the droglist is still there. So the first jump is a solo. Um, there, it's an orientation jump for the for the gear. Right. Once they've showed me that they can, without hesitation perform all the different emergency procedures 
um, through. And I, I always, like I tell anybody that's going through my coach course, it's perfect plus one. So they show it to me perfect once. We're going to go through them all again. They show it to me perfect a second time. Um, go then we do yeah. it because they've, they've practiced them a few times. And I expect them, I tell them, I'm, I, I don't expect perfection on the first one. Right. I would love it. Oh, yeah. If somebody's perfect on the first one, I'll, I'll high five them. Right. But they're, I want to see them go through and I explain why each one is done the way it is. And once they're, once they're perfect with it, I have them do one more. And then if so, everything's good, they go up and they do that solo jump. What are the, uh, uh, once you've done the solo jump, which was just the most ridiculous kind of I've ever done, uh, hanging well, under did, that you, drogue. You did it on the, on the other system where the drogue was further back. So you were, <laughs> you were almost doing a head down Fucking free solo. F- yeah. Free fly <laughs> solo at sub terminal speeds. Yeah. With the, with the Sigma disc, um, addition on the Sigmas, it's, it sits a little bit higher up on your back. So right. you, you're only mildly. Yeah, it's just slightly head down. Slightly, the yeah. slightest little bit, yeah. a few degrees. So you, you do that one, and then uh, what are the requirements for uh, the people riding up front? Because uh, when I did my course, my examiner only rode up front for the Drogos. Um, other than that, is it still the standard, you've got to be a licensed skydiver to ride on the front of a student tandem instructor? No, or? no, no. It's, um, for, for my courses, um, it's either myself or one of my evaluators. Yes, I see you right up front. How many, how many up front tandem rides do you have? Um, a little over 600 at this You're point. psychotic, dude. I got, I went past my D license. You're fucking psychotic, dude. No, the last time I had to ride up front on a tandem, uh, was, uh, when I was doing the conversion course from, uh, the vector to the strong, uh, at cross keys. And I had to ride up front for, uh, this guy named Ahmed that had never done a tandem before. I was the first person ever strapped to him and I hated every second of it. Well, when I went through the course, the first person strapped to me was my dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I had, I, had, I had to strap my dad to the front of me, and all I could think about on the on the jump was, first of all, I didn't I had no idea how it was going to feel tightening right. up because my examiner never had me hook anybody up on the ground. <laughs> my first time hooking somebody up was in the airplane, doing my first tandem hmm. with my dad on the front. Awesome. So, I with stuff like that, I've changed how I how I run my courses sure. based on what I've seen and what I learned through my my actual course that I went through. Right. And the thing, the little things that I want my candidates to know about. Sure. So we sit on the ground and they, they practice. Well, especially since with with students, we go in the airplane and we practice moving around in the airplane. When the airplane shuts down for fuel, I take all my candidates out to the airplane with either myself and, and a couple of evaluators. If I have a couple of evaluators with me, we're harnessed up. We go out there with rigs on and we move around. I make them move me to the door. We, we do a mock exit for both squatting, um, kneeling and seated. Nice. So they can get an idea of how it feels doing all those things. Plus hooking somebody up for the first time and feeling that tightness of having somebody against your chest. Sure. Yeah, no, it's all, well, especially considering you're playing the guinea pig or one of your evaluators is playing the guinea pig for all your jobs. Jesus. A D license from the front. Yep. Oh man. All right. So you, you get going in the course. It's how many, uh, how many jumps? So 10, 10 jumps, um, but gets your sign off. So the first five is what they consider the actual course. After you do your first five, you're allowed to have, um, a licensed jump, licensed jumper, be licensed at hundred jumps, um, minimum, um, to, to ride in the front where it could be other candidates and stuff like that. Have you got, uh, uh, when you're doing your evaluator jumps, have you got chicken handles on your rigs? Um, I do have chicken handles. Um, I'll be completely honest. I, with myself, I have, if I only have two pairs, I give them to my evaluators to use. 
Well, I'm guessing after 600 front rides, you can do everything from up front that you could do with the chicken handles without. I can. I've I've actually been able to. Um, I can reach everything um, in the event of a of an emergency. I can actually reach the cutaway in the, the reserve as well. Um, but if if not, even in free fall, I can reach the the RSL. I'm just picturing you doing your handles checks behind your head. I I do. I know. I'm, I I'm just trying to. I'm just trying uh, to get that, it's funny. that People, mental image. The the candidates always always laugh with that. Um, but. In my philosophy, and I and I've and I've seen this with other examiners as well. If I don't trust them to be with me on the, and to be able to do everything properly, I, sh- I have no business being on the front of them. Yeah, yeah, they need to show me that they can do all the things they need to do. Well, and if you're not confident to be up front with them, then you certainly can't let them loose with a student. Yeah. Now, um, when it comes to the drogless one, I. I barely remember my drogless tandem. Again, you have to remember that I was fighting tooth and nail getting my tandem rating. I did not want this rating at all. <laughs> There's a few people out there that it was are like that. fucking just not my idea at all. But uh, so when it came to the the drogless one, I was pretty worked up about it. You know, I mean, this is free flying's just getting a big start. I've never gone this fucking fast on a skydive. And out, out the door you go. And by the time we ended up under canopy, my evaluator uh, was Simon was laughing at me, going, "I wish I could bottle just a tenth of what you got." going through your system right now because i guess i was just heaving and heart thumping and and uh, and we can feel it we can feel it when we're on the front oh yeah it's funny it like was, you can feel the heart going yeah how do you how do you get your students ready for what's coming and explain uh to those that are thinking about getting their tandem rating exactly what the requirement is with this jump and why uh they're having to do this so Obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll back up a little bit to come back to that. So there's five jumps in the in the initial program. It's a solo. It's a front ride. So they they we actually take them as a passenger because even though you, you may have done a tandem before on the front, it's completely different doing it before and then being in the course mindset and going through on the front. Sure. So we take them on the front as well. Um, we put them through the entire an entire jump. We have them assist. They can pull and everything else like that. Um, but we want them to be in that passenger's position. And then for me, I do a few things with them. Um, like I'll spin them a, couple, a few times under canopy so they can feel the the G forces that they can get on the legs mm. um, from spinning a student. Sure. Because I want them to understand that if they become one of those tandem instructors that just wants to get down, they want to spin and spin and spin. They're, they're not, the, the student isn't really asking for that. Yeah, no, and they're, it, and they're it's, doing and it's a, a disservice. It's a, it's a disservice, and and with them being forward more, they sit forward under the nose of the canopy more, and everything kind of affects them a little bit more under the sure. parachute, which is why you see um, a lot of times the students will get sick from from time to time. Yeah. Um, then they do the third jump, which is just an orientation jump. It's our first jump with somebody on the front, and they're just going out and doing practice handle checks, good stable exit, practice handle checks, all the way down, and deployment. And then we're we're adamantly there where our hands are in the toggles and we're helping assist. We want them to do most of it on their own and hopefully they're proficient enough in their canopy piloting. Sure. That they can navigate and land <laughs> safely, which um, tandem canopies do fly a, a bit different than, sure. than a normal canopy, especially if you've got somebody that's done their last, you know, however many jumps on a small sub 100 canopy and then they're going to this. They're like, well, wait a second. Oh, yeah. This thing's massive. Oh, yeah. It's a Cadillac. I'm used to my Ferrari. Yeah, for sure. Then next jump. Jump number four is is still also an orientation jump, so to speak. We're on the front. They're going out stable. They're setting the drogue. They're doing some handle checks. They're going to do um, a three sixty alternating three sixty degree turns and stopping, so they get the feeling for how to how to fly a little bit with the safety of having the examiner on the front. Like sure. I don't mess with my tandems. My tandem course is very um, very by the book. It's 
I'm not there to fuck with you. I'm there to teach you. Sure. Right. I'm there to give you the confidence for those for those first five jumps so that when we do the next five, you have a chance to learn a little bit more because you're comfortable with what's going on. Sure. Um, fifth jump is a drogless. So for those of you guys that, that are out there that don't know, um, we intentionally take the candidate unstable and see that they can regain stability after exit. They don't throw the drogue. Once they regain stability, they're going to do alternating turns, <laughs> alternating 360 turns, checking their altimeter in between each because it is a noticeable change. You're doing free fly speeds on mm-hmm. your belly. Um, the slightest little bit of movements um, here and there um, will do a lot. I've seen um, candidates almost take me over and <laughs> right. I've got to kind of like put my arms out and help a little bit. I'm like, I don't really want us to go to our back at, you know, right. at 8,000 feet. That's right. Um, once they've done the alternating 360s, um, I asked them to throw the drogue at 8,000. I want a little bit more altitude. I think the book actually says 7,000, 7,5, I think, or 7,000 uh, in the book, but I go I go a little bit higher. Hmm. Um, they still have plenty of time to do everything. We're going from turbine aircraft. These, sure. these things were designed from Cessnas. Sure. Um, so we're drogueless. We do everything. They throw, They set the drogue. Once they set the drogue, they feel the buffeting, uh, like a drag racing car that's that's thrown out its, its parachute at the as it goes past the finish line. Um, so as they're feeling that, I I ask them to do one set of handle checks, and uh, once they do that, they're they're drogue releasing at at the normal altitude. Sure. So we have you know uh, two thousand feet or about ten seconds to slow down before popping that main open. So the the drogueless came about to show uh, basically the candidate what it feels like uh, if you're unstable, of course, to fix it and, and uh, um, uh, what it's like to be in free fall without that drug to slow you down. If you uh, ever feel it again, throw the drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, now, back when I was uh, going through my course, the big buzzword was side spin. Um, it was... It always is. Yeah. Um, but, and again, I've not been deep into a tandem course in a very, very long time, but it seems like with the, uh, uh, the rise of, uh, free flying and the tunnel skills and all this, that, uh, the, the side spin phenomenon has, uh, not disappeared, but certainly faded a little bit as, uh, jumpers skill in different orientations has increased. Uh, do you see that? Um, I don't know. I still teach it just as much. I still talk to them about it um well when's the last time we saw a nasty side spin uh, granted i'm 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 way out of the loop but i mean i don't recall seeing video of a proper side spin in a very long time i saw one a couple months ago oh yeah of a of a tandem instructor that, that got into a side spin um got a few revolutions around and recognized it and was drogue side up so they threw the drogue mm. um it still happens i mean i think i'd like to think that it's from the examiners out there kind of teaching better. I, I, I'd like to, to pat us all on the back and say it's it's sure that we're teaching doing a better job teaching what can happen sure and how to get out of it and how to recognize it before you actually get into it right. Um, I've been lucky. I've never gotten into a side spin. Anyway. Knock on wood. Yeah, anyway. um, I can I can count on one hand how many times I've I've thrown the drogue in any attitude that wasn't proper. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd probably be about the same, maybe a little bit more. But it's um, I don't know. I think I think the um, the instruction has gotten better hmm. in courses. We 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 teach a little bit better, hopefully. Well, and back in the day, and I talked to Bill Booth about this too. They didn't know what the fuck they were dealing with when the side spins first came out. What the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> so that was a whole different experience too. So I think the knowledge is up there quite a bit as well. 
Uh, so you get through the the droglas um, and uh, pump all that adrenaline through your system, and then the next five jumps are basically just the the candidate going out and getting comfortable as a tandem instructor. Yeah, going out. Um, you can have, like we said, we can you can take the experienced jumpers on this, but I still um, ride with my with my candidates all the way through with a ten. Wow. Um, myself or my evaluators, <laughs> I I want them to gain the confidence, and I want to be able to to say, hey, you messed up on this or this. This launch was a little bit weird, you know. We, if they if they launch poorly with an experienced jumper, they're not gonna get the feedback as to what happened. Well, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you do it to where the evaluator, either you or one of your evaluators, is not riding on the front through those ten, you're not gonna know. Exactly. Then you get some. You get a phone call. Hey, you got a tandem instructor that you rated that's. It's botching the exits that are that can't exit stable and everything right. else, and that's one of the things we're looking for. Like, it used to be, kind of, if you went through the tandem course, you passed. Yeah. If you paid the money, you would you would pass. I don't sure. I don't, I don't think I know of anybody from back in my day that didn't get the rating that paid for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew as soon as the drugless was over, I passed the course. I just had to jump through the hoops to get the other five jumps. Yeah, that was it. Well, but the other I, five jumps and then the, the 15 probationary. Yeah, but I had passed. And right. that always cracked me up, too, is I got to go through five more with just people, but then I got to go through 15 with actual paying customers so you guys can make your fucking money, too. Well, I mean, it's, it's uh, um, I mean, you, you would have paying customers that, that you would take, but it was just, um, it was kind of like a, hey, you're on probation. If you mess up. Yeah. For where we may do something about it for fifty for fifty for fifteen <laughs> jumps, which is depending on the drop zone, not even a full weekend. <laughs> yeah, and it and it's been nice because the 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 tandem rating itself has has been getting more and more um, kind of in sync between the manufacturers and and USPA and and the federations. Like for a while, like we'd go to these these uh, these meetings. The standardization meetings and there was no there was no, standards. no standardization <laughs> even even as far as the last one that i went to like i was sitting in the back of the room and um they should know better than to let dj marvin myself and greg wimler sit next to each other oh god because the three of us were sitting next to each other and we were just causing all kinds of to ruckus but not in a bad way it was it was in a good way it's like why is upt saying this hey, for their deployment yeah. altitude and their decision altitude is this and USPAs is this and why aren't they not the same? And sure. there was a lot of argument back and forth, but ultimately um, it seems to have kind of come together since Good. that, since that meeting it's, it, and everything's kind of a little bit more standardized finally. Now with the, uh, with the whole course in general uh, from the ground school through the, the five jumps that are the course course, the following five jumps and all that, do you think it's enough? Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I, I'd like the, you, you can never you can never tell with students. So sometimes I think it's enough. Sometimes I find there are candidates out there that need a little bit more. Sure. Um, what's your leeway? Just, what's your leeway with that? I mean, uh, obviously it's a fine line between someone that's getting it but they need a little refining, and someone that's also getting it but clearly is just lucking their way through the course. Uh, I mean, how much leeway do you have if they've completed everything and they've done everything to, say, the manufacturers or USPA standards, but you as the evaluator know they're hanging on by the skin of their teeth? How much leeway do you have to go, mm-mm, no? Um, I'd like to think that we have we have enough leeway. Like, I've had a couple candidates that have that have kind of squeaked through, and I'm like, listen, I'm like, you're, you're barely doing this. I want to see another one. Sure. I mean, because I've had uh, flights, you know, flying the plane where uh, it was workups for a check ride or something, and the instructor would be like, "Yeah, you would have passed, but that was shit," right. <laughs> you know. And it's it's very difficult to explain to someone that passing isn't necessarily a good thing. 
Like, you know, that was, yes, it was good enough to pass, which is not good enough. Right. It's very weird. With, with the tandem rating, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, I find the, the certain areas that, that I'm looking for. Mm. Can they exit stable? Can they maintain a heading? Can they fly? Mm. Do they know their merge procedures, right? The safe, the, the safety things. Um, if their pattern isn't the greatest, but they can land safely, I'm a little bit more lenient. If they, if they can't land safely, then I'm, that's when I really get worried. Sure. Right. You need to be able to flare the parachute. You yeah. need to be able to fly, um, a canopy and get it down to the ground safely. And this isn't me as a, as a, as you know, being known as, as a canopy guy, this is me as somebody that doesn't want to see a yeah. tandem passenger getting hurt. Yeah. Don't drill your and students in. They're not going to get hurt in the air. Right, they're going to get hurt when they hit the ground. So. Now, do you have people that will travel to do your courses and do uh, uh, courses on um, nice, brand new, shiny Sigmas with beautiful canopies, and go back to the sometimes shit gear that the home drop zones have with different canopies? And because, yeah. and I, I, again, it's been a long time since I've been on a tandem canopy. But there are tandem, tandem canopies that have flare toggles. There are tandem canopies that put the flare toggles in with the main toggles. And that's There's, all. That's all done. I teach that all during the course. You do okay. Yep. So I show them. Um, I teach on on Sigma containers with Sigma mains. Okay. Right, because that's what the manufacturer and recommends. And that's with or without flare toggles. They are with they are with okay. the secondary secondary flare toggle. So um, with the Sigmas, they're flying with three. Then they're picking up the flare toggles, which is another three lines. So they're essentially when they f when they fully flare with both sets of toggles, they're flaring two thirds of the canopy. Yeah, and for those that have never seen these canopies, you literally have two toggles per side, um, so that you can fly the canopy for the majority of the canopy ride without the flare toggles and drastically reduce the the wear and tear on the instructor. Um, yep. And uh, they can reserve that energy for when it's time to flare. And uh, how, what do you teach for altitude to pick up the flare toggles? Um, I teach um, fifteen hundred feet. Yeah. Okay. At 1,500 feet, they need to, um, if they're landing the, the the student without their assistance, which UPT recommends that they that they let the student assist with the flare. Mm. Um, if they're landing on their own, um, or even with the with the student assisting, um, they pick up the flare toggles by 1,500 feet, so that they have adequate amount of time to to set up and properly prepare a, a good landing pattern. Yep. Yep. The and if they are having them help land that they needed to do some practice ones up top for sure i never did uh because i was always too paranoid to have my students help uh, and i only forgot the flare toggles once <laughs> i was told i had to um when i went through my course and it bit me in the ass a couple times yeah i had a big guy who wanted to start flaring before i was ready and then when i was ready to flare he didn't want to flare oh i've actually yeah i've experienced that during uh courses where we're doing the afp uh, yeah. So for those that don't know or remember, the AFP was the integrated system. So you're actually teaching part of the AFF course on the tandems. And exactly. in that, I did have to let them help land. And there is nothing worse in the world than trying to reverse a flare as they're trying to pull down as hard as they can and you're trying to pull up. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah, that panic flare. But if you if you train them properly, um, most of the time it works out okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of the time. I always just preferred to keep those toggles in my own hands, but that was my my personal. No, thing. I mean, but that's why we train them on the ground. If you're gonna do a, a jump in that method, you're taking more time on the ground with a student. You're taking more time in the air. Sure. You're not giving them the the awesome fun, you know, roller coaster ride. It's a it's a learning jump. Yeah, yeah. And you treat you, it as such. You, you've got you get on a canopy. Do. You you talk them through the through the the checks you know is it there is it square is it stable steerable yeah 
control ability check, grab a hold of them. You have them help checking altimeters in between each one. And then you do a bunch of practice. Sure. Practice flares so that you guys are on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, as we as we uh, wrap things up, when we're talking about these courses, yes, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the course. But what do you recommend beforehand? Like, I would have people that would uh, uh, express interest in getting their tandem ratings, and the very first thing I would tell them to do is start train physically for it, get ready for it. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, if they're not if they're not fit, um, a fit guy or girl, they they definitely need to start working on it. Um, doing some pull ups and some bar dips. Some bar dips help as well. So flare, you, flare, you know, flare. Like yeah. I tell, uh, I tell everybody that the art of tandem flaring is kind of like a muscle up. Yeah, it's a pull up to a rotation down. Um, but get out to the drop zone. Watch the 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 more experienced uh, tandem instructors going through their their gear ups, checking the gear, going through everything. Grab your your um, your proficiency card from from the IRM and go through and any of the things that says. Um, instructor sign off go out and have you know practice it go with your instructor have them see them when they do a category a or b um, ground prep on a tandem um, when they when you got aff going on watch the the different preps uh, mm. ground preps going on and and when somebody's talking down a student on radio good out there listen to what they're doing get an idea for how to how to have your own remote control student. <laughs> sure, sure. So basically, uh, uh, whether it's the AFF course or the tandem course, Do get out there requisites. And, and, well, and know what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. Nice, nice. All right. We're not, as, as examiners, we're not there we're not out there to fuck anybody. We're not, we're out there to give you the rating, but you got to earn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is not a, a, um, a, a fail course. This is a, a, you know, train to succeed and train to pass the course. Exactly. Yeah. yeah nobody wants to, to see anybody bomb out. No, and, and none of us want to want to deal with somebody who's just trying to half-ass wing their way through it. Of course not. Take no, it seriously. No. Plan on, on taking this as this is your job for either six days or four days or three days if it's a coach course. Right. This is take it as a, as if it's a job and and nice. You're training for it. So nice, Junior. Once again, man, this was an informative one. No drinking and doing silly shit. Nope. Um, only only drinking was water, and uh, hopefully uh, that's everybody it. got to learn a little something. That's it. Well, like I said, I've had people express an interest to actually get uh, a few real world details, and especially in stuff uh, like the courses. And so, thanks for uh, for coming by. No problem. Uh, My pleasure. Once again, guys, as always, this has been Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you in association with the greatest magazine in the known universe, blueskiesmagazine.com. What did I just say? Universe? What universe. the? F- I, I thought I was saying universe, but it came as universe. That one too. It's the greatest magazine there as well. Blueskiesmagazine.com is where you're going to want to go to get all the previously published back issues. You know, if you if you have yourself in uh, in one of the issues in a nice picture and you lost that copy. Well, you can get another one there. You can also uh, get all kinds of really cool swag, and you can find links to me, the fucking pilot. Thefuckingpilot.net is uh, where you're going to find most of my stuff. Links to all the previous podcasts, as well as both the books that I've written. The fucking pilot book for Blue Skies Magazine, which is a compilation of previously published articles, and The Accidental Stripper, both available on Amazon, but the best way to find them is through thefuckingpilot.net uh, on digital and print form, and some day audiobook someday anyway junior thanks again for coming out no problem buddy my pleasure all right guys we'll see you next time talk soon